Hey, everybody, and welcome to the SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast. My name is Ralph McLeod. I am the owner and artistic director of the SoCap Improv Comedy Theater in Toronto, Ontario, uh, where we do improv classes, shows, rentals, events, corporate events. Uh, I have a corporate company. I have a corporate company uh, called Yes Unlimited, where we do corporate work with my partner, Tracy Shea Porter, who I'm going to have on at some point, and we'll talk about corporate improv how we can bring improv into your workplace to transform teams, uh, to make a workplace that's more conducive to saying yes and getting along and communicating and embracing mistakes and creativity, and thinking outside the box, and stretching up against your edges of your comfort zone and expanding them and all that great, wonderful stuff. Um, also, you can come and take a class with me online every Wednesday at 6 to do a Zoom class and we regularly, or I, I guess, the Royal We, regularly have students from all over North America, Arizona, New York, Connecticut, uh, Canada, of course. Uh, so that's been really, really fun and interesting. It's, it's a nice community of people who uh, still come and get together. Uh, started during the pandemic. And boy, if you told me before the pandemic that I could teach improv online through Zoom, I'd say you're nuts. But I actually still do it and quite enjoy it. It is not the same in, as real life uh, being in person, uh, but it certainly has advantages uh, that I've discovered and um, and like. I recommend trying it if you are in a roommate, roommate, a roommate place, remote place. I uh, recommend it. Um, but you can um, come to our website at socap.ca. S-O-C-A-P as in peter.ca and uh, try it out. Um, we usually have at least one person who's new, which has been exciting and fun. Uh, great. Uh, also, uh, every podcast has a sponsor. Uh, this SoCap podcast is no different. Uh, today's uh, podcast, hey, uh, do you have a baby in your life? Well, this magazine is for all the well-dressed babies out there. Uh, this magazine is called Coo GQ. So Coo GQ, uh, the magazine for the well-dressed baby, the well-apportioned baby, proportioned baby, a baby. Do you have a baby in your life? Do you want to start it down the road of uh, just thinking about material things? Well, then don't hesitate and run out and get a copy of Coo GQ magazine uh available at your local grocery store and every place they sell fine magazines so i'm assuming uh subways underground vaults terraces things like that anyway uh so this uh improv comedy podcast is about improvisation but more bent or geared towards people who are not interested in performing Certainly, we will cover some improv performing topics, um, but uh, as I have covered before, why should you as just an average Joe person or Jane person or whomever person who doesn't want to be the next Tina Fey, why would you take improv? Well, there's a legion of reasons that I've gone over and I won't go over them again. You can certainly search other podcasts. Uh, I think I even have one called, why the heck should I even take improv? Or what is improv? And why is it important for me? Well, it helps you overcome such things as your self-consciousness. It improves self-confidence. I say, you know, get out of your head and into the moment. Uh, getting out of your head is an interesting one. Um, because what does that mean? If you've never heard that term before, get out of your head. 
Well, it, it really means get over that thinking part of your brain that wants to do everything right, and good and perfect, and just learn how to be yourself and connect with people. Because at the end of the day, isn't that what we all want? Just to be ourselves and find people who will like us for who we are? Well, those people exist, So, uh, but you can never find them if you're so fixated on presenting a version of yourself to the world that's not real, right? Which we all do because it's protective for a myriad of reasons, but uh, we all have our own reasons, but it's a general thing. Again, not everybody, but a lot of us have this mask that we wear that we present to everybody else, the best version of ourselves, an idealized versions of ourselves, whatever that is, but it's not real and uh, it's limiting and boring. So what improv will help you do, especially in my class, I shouldn't say all classes do this. I think, I think if you start actually learning to improvise, I think any class will break down those barriers for sure. Uh, even if you just do it yourself, don't even have someone who can show you because uh, that's fun too. Uh, or I expect it would be probably frustrating as well. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just remember like starting and uh, we didn't, we had some people who showed us some things, but uh, I think by and large, we figured it out ourselves, uh, which made it very exciting and also frustrating and all kinds of things. But now I'm very, very happy that I had that path. Anyway, today what I want to talk about is uh, scene structure. Um, and this is more for performing or for more theory, I guess, but, uh, it does, it is, um, helpful, um, to understand sort of the dynamics of scenes, the types of scenes we'll run into. And I'm not going to talk about all the types that we'll get, or even the top four or five, but, but one particular type of scene that we will get. And this, uh, type of scene I call, you know, or I call, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't make this up, but I borrow, uh, you could call it the hero's journey, uh, or the story circle scene or the three act structure. And this is uh, very familiar to us. If you've seen any kind of movie with one hero. So the original star Wars, Harry Potter, uh, any kind of James Bond movie, uh, action movies, uh, die hard, these are all movies with a single hero facing insurmountable or I guess not insurmountable because they surmount them, but they face odds. Um, and that can be summarized uh, in the story circle. There's a book, uh, Man of a Thousand Faces by, oh my gosh, I just blanked on his name. That's terrible. Oh boy. And I, I'm not Googling it because I'm live. Um, I will mention it on a subsequent podcast and I apologize that I forgot the name. Uh, but, uh, this gentleman was a researcher and he discovered that he was investigating, uh, native myths, uh, from North America and he discovered similarities between these myths. And then he started looking at other myths around the world and found that stories from every part of the planet had similar um elements within them and so he documented this in the man of a thousand faces which then uh george lucas or george lucas's wife if you believe the conspiracy theories wrote the original star wars using the man of a thousand faces as a guide and that's why or one reason why star wars the original star wars if you saw it before it was uh bastardized in the 90s uh really fit that three that that story structure perfectly uh 
in more recent times, uh, Dan Harmon, the creator of um, Community and also Rick and Morty, has coalesced that down to his story circle, uh, which he has about eight elements within. And for my purposes through improv, I reduce it even further and uh, really boil it down to its essence. And uh, so I'm going to go through very quickly. I'll, I'll do the, the story circle in, in greater detail at another time, because today what I really wanted to talk about was one particular kind of scene, the more, most common kind of scene, which does follow this this structure um, pretty well. And um, one other thing I just want to say before I delve into this is this is not something that will be running in your head while you're improvising. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm one of those people who want to get you out of your head that is not thinking about structure and, and, uh, and character. I want all these things to be in our bodies, you know, the same way that driving, when you start driving, you, of course, you have to check your mirrors and you have to think about these things and you do them uh, again and again and again until finally they're just in your body and you don't think about them, right? Like if you watch concert pianists, you know, there's a thing in their brain telling them to move that finger. But, uh, you know, it, it happens so fast, it's it's no longer, it's beyond conscious control. Like a lot of these re reflexes that we have, you know, uh, that can become, uh, like if you drive, you know, you're, the, the impulse or the instinct, I guess, to hit your brakes at the sign of trouble, you know, that your foot is on that brake before your brain recognizes there's a thing going on. That's a conditioned response. And that's what I'm trying to get to is a conditioned response where we say yes by default. We do these things by default because they're within our bodies. So I'm, I'm actually running out of time. So I'm going to I'm going to hold off on the story circle for another podcast. But what I am going to talk about is uh, this three act structure as it relates to this one particular kind of scene, which is a scene in which there is often these are duo scenes. I guess almost exclusively duo scenes, unless a third character may enter, may be part of it. But there is, in this, there is one main character. That is, there is a character that is, has a point of view that is more, I guess, uh, more, has more in common, is more representative of the people as a whole. So, for example, let's say you have a couple and uh, a married couple, uh, and one of those, and, and the, let's say this, the, the, one, one of the spouses has, has discovered that their partner is having an affair and they confront them. Uh, now in that little bit of a scene, the, in the setup, that would be the first part of the scene, the world as it is, the starting conditions, this is what we know. And just by virtue of being cheated upon, the spouse who is the, I guess the cuckold in this case, is the main character. They are vulnerable. They're sympathetic. You know, this is why all heroes are orphans or their parents are mean to them or they are somehow um, sympathetic or vulnerable. Even in Die Hard, John McClane, afraid to fly. So he's vulnerable, sympathetic. And that generally shows us a main character. Again, I don't want you to think about these things while you're improvising, but it's it's good to deconstruct them, uh, scenes, and, and, and go through them. Anyway... So this is the type of scene that we tend to have. This this scene with duos represents, I think, probably 50 to 60% of the types of scenes that you will see in character and story scenes. Not game of the scene, but I don't teach game of the scene. Although that 
they they come up and I'm I love game of the scene but I don't I think any scene that starts is not some a scene that we want to impose anything on I think we want to let it breathe and we want to discover what kind of scene this is maybe this is a scene where there are no laughs uh that's rarely it's very 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 uncommon that you will have a scene with no laughs that is entertaining and that is has to do with where the laughter comes from which i don't have time to talk about today but that is a that's the 10 episodes right there just on why we laugh and the difference between laughter and humor uh but we laugh at things with improv we laugh not so much of the joke or the, or the humor of it but for the connecting of it anyway so at the beginning of a scene we have uh generally an identifiable main character in this case and we have a clear villain or agent of chaos or antagonist a baddie and uh so first of all we have the first beat of this scene is the world as it is it's understanding who who what where in, in that um, parlance or just the world as it is the starting conditions who are we looking at you know when a scene starts we have can be anybody so we want to know who we're looking at uh the what they're doing and where they are i mean these are i i don't think they're ever extraneous but they're less important as to what's going on like what's happening between these two characters right now oh it's a it's a couple and one has just discovered that the other one is uh cheating on them so that's starting conditions and that's uh the world as it is now once that is established that's act one in the three-act structure. Act two comes when we understand what the main character wants to do as a result of finding out this information. Do they want to leave their spouse? Do they want to um, congratulate them on uh, also <laughs> joining the ranks of people who have affairs? What is, what is the main character's uh, reaction and based on the reaction, what do they do, right? Are they going to leave? Are they going to scream and shout? Are they going to cry and beg for sympathy or forgiveness or try to fix it? What is the decision the main character takes? And that takes us into act two. And act two is the playing out of that beat, leaving. Uh, and let's say that's what the, the character chooses because that's the most relatable choice, uh, which will always work. And then what's the character do once we play out that beat? The leaving, okay? And then what does the antagonist do as a result of that? And then act three happens at the end when we have we, we know for sure what's going to happen. Will these characters be okay? Will they come back together? Will they have a new understanding? Will the, you know, will the affair that happened cause them to reevaluate their relationship and start over again? And in which case we're looking at a comedy or will the characters break up and then we're looking at either a tragedy. Yeah, we're looking at a tragedy. So uh, that's act. That's the three act structure. And why that's helpful is once the first act plays out and we're all natural storytellers, so we know it has to move on. And so newer students will kind of get will dry up at this point like their brain they'll like wait a minute they'll run out of an idea and they'll be and that's your brain telling you move on move on to act two which is make a choice do make a decision do something right there's there's other things to segue us into act two but that's the most obvious and common one 
you make a choice. Based on everything that's happened, here's what I decide to do next as a result of that. And then we play that beat out. And then it, are they going to stick with their idea? They're going to have another opportunity to make another choice. And it's at that point that we enter act three, and that is the end of the scene. So in, in my example, the characters, character discovers their spouse is having an affair. They make the choice to leave. There is some back and forth. There is some conjoling. And at the very end, the person who did the cheating asks one more time for the main character to stay. They've learned their lesson. They'll do better. Or they've offered some kind of assurance or gift or offering to make the main character change their mind. And the main character may go, okay, you get one more chance. Or be too late, sucker. I'm out of here. And so that's a three-act structure, and that will work in uh, many kinds of scenes. And that's highlighted by two characters in which there's conflict between the two of them, which is not all scenes, and it's not necessarily the best scenes, but it is one of the most familiar, and it is one of the most common. Anyway, that's it for today. I'll be back, you know, next week with some more related improv-related information and content. Uh, subsequently, I will talk more about the different kinds of scenes. I will do a whole episode just on the story circle because I think it is very, very important just to understand it. Again, this is not something that while you're improvising, you have you pull out of your back pocket, like, oh, guide, okay. Oh, now it's time to, you know, um, to enter the, the second point of no return. Or now it's time to, as the main character, it has to go through a bunch of trials. Not that. It, this comes in our body. And, and the thing about stories is it's already in there. We just have to get out of its way and let it out. But our thinking brain causes us to not trust it and run away from it. Anyway, that's it for me today. Thank you all very much. I hope to see you back here next time for some more SoCap.ca. And uh, remember, uh, if you've got a baby in your life, uh, GQ, the magazine for the well, well-dressed baby. Let's face it. Who doesn't want a well-dressed baby? Take care, everyone.